Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I would be lost without my smartphone. I use it for directions, to find things to do, and most importantly, where to eat. I rely on it as a digital music player to enhance my experience as I explore a new place. Oh, and sometimes I even use it to make calls and stuff. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by HP. Live wirelessly, print wirelessly. Hey there, kids. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at How Stuff Works, and today I have sitting across the table from me is Jonathan Strickland, one of our writers. Howdy. Well, you know, I wanted to know if anybody out there is interested in an old daisy wheel printer, I have one. Wow. Yeah, that'll... uh I'll get swept up immediately on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were going to talk about printers today, about different kinds of printers and how they work. And uh, I actually do indeed have a Daisy Wheel printer at home, which is basically a typewriter. For those of you uh, who are too young to remember what a typewriter is, it basically is a keyboard attached to a printer directly. Right. Uh, talk about your wireless printers. Uh, you know, that, that's about as wireless as it gets. But early printers, uh, used a wheel with the letters printed in metal, uh, sort of reverse type. And, uh, it would, you know, as you typed, uh, this, the one I've got actually has a keyboard that hooks up to it if you didn't have a computer yet. Nice. Uh, and you could actually print it out. It would, it would, the daisy wheel spins and it, it literally does look 
uh, sort of like a metallic daisy because each key has its own pin. And it goes and hits the ribbon and, you know, types out a letter right, for you. Right. The uh, ribbon hits is, the paper that transfers the ink to the paper. And voila, you have the printed word. There you go. And uh, it's uh, it's about as simple, I guess, a printer as you can get in one of the earliest types. But you don't see them very often anymore. No, golly, I can't imagine why. <laughs> uh, no, my, my father has a, a dot matrix printer still at oh, his house, yeah. which serves as a great paperweight. Um <laughs> They're quite heavy. Dot matrix are, are similar. That's uh, uh, these are the the kind of printers we're talking about right now are impact printers, meaning that they there's a physical impact that uh, that where something contacts the sheet of paper and that's what makes the the printed letter. With dot matrix, it's a series of pins that uh, that when they strike the ribbon, that's what forms the letter. So they don't have an each letter laid out on a on a metal sheet or anything like that. It's just Little tiny pins that all hit at the same time. So, um, yeah, you don't see many of those anymore either. These are not also – these. if you have ever used one of these, they have a very distinctive sound. Um, and they also – the paper tended to be pretty annoying too as I recall. Most of them were in those long, long, long sheets where uh, you'd have to tear it off at the end. And, oh, yeah, with the, the green and yellow stripes with the uh, right. with the little things. The perforated, the perforated edges where it would uh, – the, the holes that would go into – Yeah, exactly. That yeah. was uh, – those were a nightmare to work with, trust me. Although you could make some nice origami with the uh, stuff that you had to tear off those paper. That's, mm. That was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's that's sort of in the past. There there's still lots of industries that use impact printers because they're you know relatively inexpensive and and uh, you know they last for a pretty long time. You, you do have to do maintenance on them. But most people have moved to non-impact printers. And the two main versions of that, the two one two that you find most in the in the uh, uh, consumer market and even in the office environment are inkjet printers and laser printers. Right? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. I mean, there there are other types too. Uh, in fact, I'll go ahead and run through them so we can get them out of the way. Sure. So, other forms of <laughs> non-impact printers. I kind of wish we had like background music for this. Who knows? Maybe our uh, producer Jerry will figure something out, so we'll have a little little mood to here to set up the I, atmosphere. Actually, I've I've prepared a PowerPoint. So if you could all imagine <laughs> what it looks like as you are listening to us talk, right. then you know that won't. The power work of well. it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's stunning. It is stunning. Uh, I I don't know how he got this color saturation. To tell you the truth, but um, let's start with our. We have a uh, solid ink printers. Um, which I, I think you are going to talk about a little bit later because you have some sort of weird fascination with solid ink. Yeah, well, it's just one of those things that's sort of uh, really cool. Anyway, you were going to talk about the different <laughs> kinds of printers. I'll get we'll into go that back a to it. All right, you have the the dye sublimation printers, which uses Ooh. transparent film to transfer ink to paper. Um, it uses a, a heat to to do that. Um, there's thermal wax printers, which are kind of the uh, yeah. uh, combination of dye sublimation and solid ink. Uh, you've got uh, thermal autochrome printers, and that's where you have the ink in the paper already, and you just use heat to make the ink come to make letters visible. So these are uh, your other forms. Now those are kind of they make up a, a minority of all the the non-impact printers that are on the market. Like I said, the the two biggies are inkjet and laser printers. Now, did you want to talk about solid ink before we move on? Well, you know, solid ink is fascinating to me uh, <laughs> simply because. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually pretty simple. Um, when you're loading your, and, and we're talking about color printers here, so it's not just, you know, black. You can actually use, uh, a color printer. And instead of putting in a plastic cartridge filled with a liquid ink or putting powdered toner in, 
like you would with an inkjet or a laser, respectively. Um, you actually use a block of solid ink. It sort of it sort of looks like a giant square crayon, uh, or some of them aren't even square. Um, this is a Xerox thing. I mean, it's it's Xerox's baby. They're, as far as I know, the only ones who who actually manufacture these. Um, but they're pretty cool. They don't use any cartridges. What it does is uh, essentially it it melts um, this resin-based non-toxic ink uh, and uses the uh, the ink. It goes on the print head, which transfers it onto the print drum. So when the paper goes through the printer, the print drum actually transfers the image onto there using heat and pressure. So that's that's kind of a different technique to uh you know spraying it, which was which is what you do with inkjet printers. Right, inkjet right. printers make you know complete sense from hearing their name. It's a jet of ink being sprayed onto the paper to make letters or pictures or whatever it is. Right. And um it it's it's a spray that's very, very fine, a very fine spray. The uh the drops are uh, tend to be between 50 and 60 microns in diameter. So that's pretty small. Human hair, something I don't know much about, uh, is about the diameter of uh, 70 microns. I'm follically challenged. But um, <laughs> yeah, so so these are very tiny dots uh, that uh, that come out in in really fast bursts. So s- several bursts per second. I mean, it, it's it's. It's remarkably fast. In fact, it's so fast that that to us, usually if you see a piece of paper going into an inkjet printer, a good inkjet printer, it looks like it's constantly moving. It's really starting and stopping, but it's doing it at such a high speed that it, it looks like it's a constant movement. But uh, yeah, you have all these little tiny nozzles in an inkjet printer that, that emit the ink, and um, they do it in a couple of different ways. Um, so uh, – but that's that's the basic – Principle behind it. Eventually, the the when the paper comes out, the ink dries, uh, and you've got your your printed page. As opposed to say the solid ink uh, format, where you actually let the ink cool. It's it's almost like like a candle. Like if you melted a candle and then let the wax cool and it, it solidifies again. That's sort of the the way solid ink works. Whereas uh, the the inkjet type stuff, it it just kind of dries. So that's what you end up with the letters on the page. Speaking of which, it's not the kind of thing you want to get wet. Right. Uh, because uh, speaking from personal experience, if you uh, are working on something and you uh, like a spill your coffee on it or something or a glass of water, uh, you're pretty much going to ruin an inkjet printed page. Uh, I think they've gotten, it depends on the paper and, and things that, you know, it, right. depending on how well it soaks in, of course, depending on how well it soaks in, you can have really splotchy pages just from the inkjet printing on it. Right, right, I had yeah. an early inkjet that was bad about that. I had to use a certain quality of paper with a certain amount of clay content for it to actually show up and not uh, completely seep in and make a giant blob in the middle of the page. Yeah, you, you could see that in, in even high quality printers. If you don't, if you don't maintain them and clean them often enough, then uh, you're going to have some some smearing issues with inkjets. That's and true. That, the, the nozzles can clog too right, and cause exactly. problems. And there's two different uh, two different kinds of uh, of nozzles. We might as well mention nozzles. those as well. There's the thermal bubble. Nozzle, which of course, uh, the bubble jet, printers. right? Exactly, yeah. the bubble jet, sort of a subset of the right. inkjet family, creates a small bubble. When the bubble bursts, it creates a vacuum, draws ink through the nozzle, sprays on the paper. Really exciting science stuff. The other one's even more sciency, if you can believe it. Settle yourself. Here it goes. Uh, the piezoelectric Ooh. crystal method. Oh, yeah. um, now, a piezoelectric crystal—that's the kind of crystal that, if you run an electric charge through it, it changes shape. And vice versa. If you change the shape of the crystal, it emits an electric charge. These are the sort of crystals that are in things like like uh, like watches, 
to keep time yeah. because they're, they're very, they're very predictable. You know, depending on the material you're talking about, you, you can, you know exactly how it's going to change shape depending on how much of an electrical charge you pass through it. So in this case, uh, the, these crystals kind of act as a valve for the nozzle. And as the printer runs an electric charge through it, it allows ink to pass through or blocks ink from passing through. And that's how those work. So um, I guess we can uh, move on over to the the most dangerous printer in the world, the laser jet, <laughs> the laser well, printer. These also use uh, positive and negative electrical charges to help with the printing process. Right. Um, I've I've actually a little uncertain as to which <laughs> charge, but the initially the drum inside the printer, which is a, a smaller version of the one you might see if you watch a a video about how they make. Uh, Newspapers or magazines, you see these giant uh, drums rotating on a press. Well, there's a, a smaller version of that inside your the laser printer sitting on your desk or you know down the hall at your uh, at your workplace. And um, basically, they charge the drum and put toner on the drum, and a laser passes over it. And when the paper goes through, it gets the opposite electrical charge. And that helps transfer the image onto the paper. Right. The laser just uh, provides the the correct charge to the right spots on the toner. So that way, the um, the toner that is charged that way will will transfer. All the rest of the toner won't transfer because otherwise, all you would end up with is you know a sheet completely covered in toner. So it's kind of neat that uh, they're using lasers to do this. That it's this this really precise way to. Um, to transfer ink from the drum onto the page. And then uh, after the, the that goes on, the drum rotates. Another lamp, uh, a very powerful lamp, is shown on the drum itself, which clears the charge, so it prepares it for the next page. Because if you didn't do that, then you would end up with ghost images of previous pages. So you would end up seeing like everything on page, page two. You would start to see little ghost images of stuff from page one. And then page three... The page one images would be slightly lighter, but then you'd also have the page two, and it would be a big mess. So you have to have a way to clear the drum after each sheet, and uh, that's how they do it. They use this um, this lamp to uh, to to clear it. And then, as one last step before the page leaves the printer, it goes through what's called a fuser, which uh, essentially melds the. Uh, I really wanted to use the word meld. Um, nice. <laughs> that melds the the toner on into the paper fibers. So basically it, it, you know, fuses it together, glues it together on there so it appears in those letters until you put it in a vinyl notebook, leave it there for a while, then peel it off to find all the toners stuck on the vinyl, and now you have it on your notebook in reverse. Wow. <laughs> Again, I know this from personal experience. <laughs> I, I've, I was detecting a little note of uh, bitterness in that. Well, so um, which one's better for which? Well, if, you, if you're looking for crisp colors, if you're looking for speed, you know, what, which printer is best for which application? Uh, in general, I think laser printers tend to be the fastest. Um, they, 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 you're, they're usually faster than your inkjets. Uh, although if you're printing a lot um, and you're printing in a hurry, you should also be careful because those pages come out awfully hot from the fuser. If you're, if you're running a pretty powerful printer, I speak from personal experience. Hot off the press. Yes, exactly. It is literally hot off the press. You can, you could actually scorch yourself a little. Um, now the paper is moving really fast through the fuser, so it won't, it won't normally scorch it or catch burn. Fire. Right? Yeah. Unless of course something has gone horribly wrong with your laser printer, in which case you know, that could theoretically happen. Um, but yeah, I, I seem to, f- I find laser printers to be 
to be the best if you're looking for something like a, a, a high quantity print job. If you're printing something that's like, say you're printing reports and you're printing out a hundred reports and each report's 40 pages long, a laser printer is going to do it a lot faster than an inkjet. Um, or your local copy center. Or your local, <laughs> well, your local copy center that's is better. very likely using a yes. laser printer. Yes. <laughs> So it's still the same. I doubt that they've got the Gutenberg press back there. So, um, mm. so I, I would go with laser most of the time. I mean, now granted for my own personal use, I have an inkjet, uh, because I don't tend to do high volume print jobs. So it's, and for inkjet, the quality's nice. Uh, um, the cartridges aren't too terribly expensive. So that's what I stick with. Yeah. They can, uh, that's what you find for your, uh, your photo printers. Right. Your, Digital photo printer, so exactly. the, the quality of the image is, is considerably better. Well, I think we've uh, we've uh, we're all printed out. <laughs> I think we should we should lay this one to bed. So, if you guys want to learn more about printers, you should read how inkjet printers work and how laser printers work, both of which are live right now on HowStuffWorks.com. I didn't even know Steve Gutenberg had a press. I'm gonna hit you so hard. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 